Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Flight 008 ready for takeoff. You listen to the Out of Home Podcast. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. Are oh, you locked into the Out of Home Podcast? You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast, featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yaf, and Stephen. You London boys are crazy. <laughs> and we're live. Oh my god, here we go. Quams, how did you yeah? how did you get to KK's today? Uh, jetpack still. Jetpack? Yeah. Is that how you got there? Power by Under So wait, you men are talking to, both into this thing? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revolutionary. Oh. oh. Because because yes, ladies and gentlemen, Two men, for the first time mind. ever. Myself and Kieran are in London. Hey, and Yaf and Stephen are in Amsterdam. So, long story short, I've decided to spend a couple of months in London to head up the operation of out of home <laughs> with Kieran to, like, you know, support him. Uh, in his dodging taxes. So I'll be <laughs> had to get out of the country real now. quick. <laughs> Bro, listen, it's so funny, yeah, Kwame. Um, this is the first time I've I've actually met Kwame on English soil. Mm. I was talking to Yaf yesterday. I've met Kwame in Toronto. <laughs> In Amsterdam, and I've never seen him in London. Southwest this London, far, but at that, bruv, the actual is actually crazy, bro. It's crazy. Wow. How, how have you guys found it, like chopping up in London? Bro, it was, if anything, it was just real, wasn't it? Like, we're just speaking about like the things London has, the charm it has, mm. like how Amsterdam is amazing, but like, we were just we were walking on the, on the high road the other day, and I was like, this is it, bro. This is life. There's nice. like, the, the buses are going past and there's all drama, there's all kids playing. Like, it's just so... Everything happened at once, but in a calm way. You yeah, understand? Yeah, yeah, bruv, yeah, yeah. Why, do, why does Kwame sound more greasy? Because he's in South London for one week, <laughs> nah, bro. it's the mic, fam. It's the why mic. It's the mic. That, bro? It's the mic. Obviously, the thing's This guy started kissing his teeth. He was like... The thing's out differently this the time. The bus came it? past. Like, nothing was happening. <laughs> how, how would you define greasy? Sorry? How, if you had <laughs> to... Sorry? How, how, would you, how, how would you translate to an IP audience about... Um, the word greasy. You just sound more on job, innit? Like, on I don't job. Mess with you. <laughs> like, I wouldn't mess with you if I saw you. Not that I would anyway, but especially now, you got some extra sauce on it. But how's it feel to be back, bro? Yeah, it's long overdue. Um, good to be home. Uh, so, so, in a, it's good that so, some things haven't changed, like just walking around the ends and whatnot. But also... Um, things have changed and I kind of felt like a foreigner not even because of corona but basically in Deptford and Lucian there is rampant like gentrification going on oh my days and yeah to, to the point where it's like no you don't just have no plan mm. like like there'll be like a petrol station no 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 let's not lock it down let's, and, 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 and let's build these expensive high rises okay but if the, there is a, a dusty Matterland store opposite it, that's not going to help the tranquility. Yeah, you understand? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you think about things, but obviously the obviously the government only care about what's in their pockets. So, and it's like, oh, you look like roads used to be wide. Now they're like almost. 
You understand? They're that almost in, 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 yeah, because it's so the the buildings yeah, yeah, are the buildings yeah, yeah, are so yeah, yeah. domineering, and all of these apartments, like they, they have no sense of no no one's thought that lives there as well, but they have no sense of like community because it's just these cold yeah, concrete blocks. Like there's no homes and it's yeah, it's pretty weird. But other than that, bro, I'm just I'm just I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Sick man, and um, most importantly, I think we spoke about it two episodes or three episodes ago. Did the family roll up the gel roll up the gel off carpet for you when you uh, arrived? Yeah, they rolled it up, but like it was <laughs> doesn't sound important. It was it, sound it was, very, it, was like, it was like it was like backstage left. Like it, it wasn't hello Kwame. Here's some jollof rice. It was oh, but by the way, big man, if you want, there's some like spare jollof rice in the fridge. Help yourself. I was like, bro, you didn't want to make a fresh pot. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, bro. No, but I've, I've been enjoying. I'm a, I'm a mom and dad are like. Oh, you know, you... when you come back home, sometimes it's just like that guy that comes. Yeah, back. get treated like a side man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than just being like your son, the prodigal son, son yeah, has yeah. returned. It's just like, oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's me, Kwame. Yeah, exactly. I've been gone for this long. Exactly. Do you know? <laughs> rate me. Rate me. After like everyone's like, oh, oh Kwame, like. Like you've just eaten. Are you hungry again? We got food. I'm like, listen, I'm 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 not a savage out here. Well, I am, but. Yeah, that's it. Rate, rate me. <laughs> you have leads forward to look at me. Uh, but yeah, Kwame we're the here. rates. We're here, we're here, we're here. What do you mind saying in Amsterdam? Sorry, no, no. As a, as a, as a first-time uh, caller in, um, I was just wondering what radio show have I come through? And is this TalkSport or... Um... <laughs> this guy's dumb. You're listening... Well, you're listening to the Out of Home podcast with your boys, Kieran, Kwame, Yaf, Stephen, four Londoners across the world. Sharing stories Oy. of inspiring people while sharing our own. You know what it is. Take it away. You know Do your the vibes. Thing. You know the vibes. It's the man them. It's, it's your man. guys. It's the man them. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now we're good over here, man. We Gucci, baby. Stephen uh, rolled out the premium cashew nut carpet for us today. <laughs> Definitely from Marked again. We have... This smoothie, Jeez. I'm going to protect the name of the brand. But uh, this is what we're sipping over here. Pick we the fruits myself. also have these bad boys individually wrapped. Oh, yeah, yeah, Local yeah. Magic. I, I know that, that individually brand very well. Individually wrapped. That brand very well. So, uh, Steve, Barf, Stephen has, has shown himself good... to be an impeccable host once more. Mm. It doesn't happen often. Uh, <laughs> three times a year. I'm, I'm, I'm Stephen looks like... Um... <laughs> He looks like he's on TalkSport, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> he's got his headphone on like he's um, just Moving like commentating. Ben, Trust me, bro. Commentating on the net scores. Uh, what's, what's the scores over there, Stephen? There's been a goal at Deepdale. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Deepdale. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Shout out to Preston. I knew you was gonna say deep down, bro. I've been there, you know. Have you? Yes, the What's it like? It's wow. You've been Seriously? to Preston. Time warp. Seriously? Yeah. Like, why did you go to Preston? Because we wanted to have a night out in Leeds, and it was cheaper to stay in Preston, I believe. I think that's correct. Are they close by? Hopefully, it doesn't sound like it when I say that. Preston, no, but Preston's, Preston's like in between Manchester like. and Liverpool. Yeah, and Preston Leeds is in, the York, in Yorkshire. Okay, Preston, because Manchester? Are you sure you said Preston, bro? I don't know if you stayed in Preston. I yeah. don't think you no, stayed I did, in Preston I did, I did, I did, I did. No, I no. don't think so if you no. wanted to go out in Leeds. Leeds? I, I want to say Leeds. Are you sure I you don't want to go out in Manchester and Preston? No, because I went to Manchester separately. Wow. 
You went to Preston. I went Preston. I'm well, gonna get. Out, I'm gonna get, get out Google Maps. Are we doing that now? Yeah, we're gonna do that now. Cool. It's like saying I went to stay in Amsterdam because um, it's cheaper than going to Germany. It's, it's like you know. What I mean, really? you know one thing. You know one thing. I um not regret, but didn't really do. And it sounds like a lot of my friends did was like do up UK tours, bro. Oh, like yeah. I got friends that have travelled the UK, fam. Nights out in Newcastle, like yeah, so Newcastle to Cardiff, fam. It's a real cool. Yeah, I, I was really I was, doing out of home I, I before went to, out of home. Yeah, I, I, I even went to I went to like Swansea a couple of times. Is that where you stayed? Ooh, For the, wow. Let the record show. <laughs> let the record show. Can you see the camera? Then maybe it was Manchester then. But I've been I've been to Preston. That's how far that was. Yeah, but I mean, come on, like, bro. Then you got a whole Bolton, Manchester, Bradford. But like, come on, bro. Break it down, though. What? 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 Like, Preston. Like, where? Where are we going? Wait, we gonna do? What you want? Yeah, and then and then and hold on. We gonna do up Leeds? Yeah. No, that's not how you spell Leeds. No, it's Ellen Road. You know the the funniest thing about all of this, yeah. A hundred. Go through all of this effort. An hour, an hour. We got ten minutes away, bro. You can do that. We'll go through all of this effort to prove Kwame wrong. And he'll just nonchalantly be like, oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After all the debate and conversation, no, but I didn't even like, want to prove him wrong. I just wanted to be like, no, no, surely but, couldn't but have been in Preston. I could have been, though. I wasn't, I was in Preston for sure. And I think to go Leeds. to Leeds. Bro, but I guess, a, to be fair, it's the cheaper. M, and if the it's M-way like, is like, it is a I've been to Preston. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Oh, my days. Well, pressing on, uh, guys. Um... <laughs> <laughs> corporate fam. <laughs> yeah. is really corporate. No, yeah. I like that one, yeah. That's the pressing one. Off the back of pressing. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> look, he just got it. Is that what you meant? Yeah. He just lost one. <laughs> oh, he's not, he's not sharp. He's not sharp. No, today, I, 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 I still think you're not on my level, isn't it? So, <laughs> come on, let's go. Wow. Let's go. we got shit to do. I'm excited. Wow. Is this all your uncoms? Nah, man. Man, then. I was going to ask... You know, it's been a it's been a mad week. But what has made you smile during this very mad week? Uh, for the first time ever, I can announce that one of one, one of the awesome foursome, the thing that made them smile was Norbury High Street. <laughs> I met Kieran, went for a walk, and I just knew more about his local area. I learned about whoa, I learned about Fridays. Mm. I learned about dr- drillers. Was it drillers? No, um, Grillers. Grillers. <laughs> um, I just learned about the high road and just about where, like, the, the soil Kieran is from. And it was just nice. It was almost like a... To, um, Yvonne Chow, right? Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Yvonne. We also went to, like, the the, the viewpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around the back of... And it was, a, it was a it was a, almost like an MTV, like, out-of-home Cribs edition. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I came into the home, met the family for the first time. I was like, raw, like, this, this, is, this is Kieran, bro. Like, when Kieran says, I was here, I was there, I actually know. So... Just, just understanding where, like, where, where one of my, where one of my closest Amsterdam friends is from in London, where we both live, made me smile. So oh, thanks, man. Thanks, and he's here today, bro. Exactly. He came back, so he must have liked it. Do you know what I'm saying? And and let me just say, like, like closest friends overall, even in Toronto. So. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. What made you smile, big man? Uh, a lot of things have been making me smile. Um, I'll, I'll I'll piggyback off what Kwame said. Like, the first time that I've that Kwame's been in London and I've met him here. Like, 
I think one of the first ones we met in like Amsterdam, mm. then Toronto, mm. then here. Mm. And like taking it around the ends was sick, bro. It's just like, yeah, bro, this is where I'm from, man. Like, this is this is the this is the strip of land that is Norbury High Street, which has like seen me grow up for the last like 18 years, do you know what I mean? And I guess if you take away three years for being in Amsterdam and stuff. But um, yeah, it's really nice to have you have you come down here and just obviously see what's been popping off. Um, and obviously meet the fam and stuff. Um, on top of that, I think I mentioned to you guys the other day, like uh, I had a conversation with my little brother, Nathan- Nicholas, sorry, for like the first time. And like Nicholas suffers or Nicholas lives with a condition called osteocraniosinosis, isn't it? Which basically means, and he's he has verbal dysfraxia, which basically means like it's, it's very difficult for him to like understand, um, or not even understand. It's very difficult for him to get his words out the way that he wants to get his words out. And um, for a very long time, he hasn't been able to like, well, I have never had like a proper conversation with him. Do you know what I mean? Like I've had like bit part conversations. His vocabulary isn't like there or, or as strong as somebody else's might be. And he's what, turning 20 this year, isn't it? So there's been a lot of times, I guess, whilst I've been away in Amsterdam where I've worried about him a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like, worried about the certain people that could potentially take advantage of him because he doesn't understand certain things. And um, the other day, he just knocked for me on my door and he was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, I'm all right, bro. Like, how are you? And we had one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life with mm-hmm. him. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, he, he, I was asking him, like, what his favourite shows were, like... Um, who his best friend was, like what he would likes to do, like how how the lockdown has been for him. He's telling me it was boring. He's telling me stuff about like things he's picked up and learned, like from just being and being observant, because he's very, very observant. My goodness. Very, very observant. And he's got like very acute hearing. My goodness. Um, so and do you know what? I didn't realize I was in that conversation until like maybe partway through. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I was just like, I just want to keep him here for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. So we spoke for like 40 minutes. And then when we came away from it, I was like, that's the best conversation I've ever had with Nicholas. And it was like, wow, in the last three years that I haven't been here, he's grown up. He's become a a bit more of his own man. And like, obviously he doesn't, his his thing, his path might not be as Nathaniel's path, but at least there's something that I can see that he's growing within himself and becoming someone that like, he, I feel like he'll be able to, in, in years to come, years to come, he'll be able to look after himself in some sort of degree. Do you know what I mean? So it was just a beautiful thing to like have that. Um, that definitely made me smile on on, on, a, on a mad one. Uh, and yeah, like catching up with you lot over the week. Like spoke to spoke to you Yaf, as well. Um, me Stephen had a couple of like voice notes back and forth. Um, bruv. Stroking your beard like that, bro. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm sorry if I'm tra- sorry if I'm chatting too much, yeah. But like, obviously, Kwame's actually in London, oh so like, we're 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 grateful he's here because there was a moment that he didn't almost get here, blood. Yeah. <laughs> Are we doing this? Oh, yeah, bro, it, it was on my oh, what oh. made you smile this week? Oh, to it made me smile, bro. I'm glad he's here because now we can laugh about it. But last week on the podcast, you know, yeah, Kwame said, vexed. "Huh? He's still vexed. Look at his face. He's, he's still vexed. No, you feel you feel the man bun and cheese? How you treat him? Bro. Oh yeah, I gave I gave Kwame bun and cheese for the first time. 
just, I just how you treat me. But I'll go, go, on, go and have the floor. Yeah. <laughs> looking. I, I'm just pissed. I, I will. I will. I will make sure I respond. Please. You know, with Kwame, what I've realized, yeah, he he's he's like so hard on himself when it comes to little mistakes. So he's yeah, he's so pissed off with himself that I'm, I'm not gonna lie. No one else it's hard, to, it's hard to like have a joke at yeah, his yeah, expense yeah, yeah. at this point. But, but it's only because yeah, and I will leave it after this. I said to Kwame, bro, before you get onto that train, make sure that you have booked. We all said exactly. to Kwame, bro, bro, exactly, live, exactly. On make 4K, sure you book these things. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna put a little <laughs> back into when Kwame says, "We'll see about that." On the last few podcasts, yeah. no, but no, but like, but like, that was me doubting if I could come though. Okay, fine, bro, fine. You still didn't so wait, hold on. We, we need to clear up some confusion because we're laughing, but we haven't actually explained what happened. So, I had a uh, a, a, a ticket, no, a, a train ticket to come to London from Amsterdam the, the, the day before on this very podcast. Shout out home podcast. Shout out home. All the, all the man that my pagans bought from Kwame. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on that same podcast, um, Kieran's like, make sure you book your day two and day eight exam. I'm like, oh. That's news to me. But exact by exam, he means COVID oh, test. COVID test, right? COVID test. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's thank you. where the confusion started. <laughs> and then um, and then um and then I go on the website, I book my day two exam, and I'm like, oh, what's the day eight exam? And then I get a message. It says, make sure you book your test. day. Sorry. Test. Uh, test. Make sure, make sure, make sure you book your day eight corona test promptly. And make sure that you don't book it after your day two test. So I'm like, okay. Bob, when they said promptly, they meant immediately, Bob. Well, well, no, we need to dig out exactly that exchange where she was telling you that you were actually in the UK uh, and you were telling her that, oh no, I've just, just arrived. Like, the government she, official no, who was on his case. Yeah. No, Kwame just had a bad time coming back. A bad back, week, bro. But listen, uh, I just found it funny because he didn't take heed in what we said. And, and I should to, have. And he had to learn the lesson. And I should And have. that's why we can laugh. But I think it's very yeah, hilarious. Then it it's be, true, bro. It wouldn't be funny the next day what happened. But anyway, I'm here. No, but you're here. I now. think it's you're funny. Here. My boys in Amsterdam, Stephen, Yaf, what made you smile this week, my cheese? <laughs> Go for it, bro. Well, I'm sorry, I told um, you, bro. Obviously, that story, parts of that story made me smile. Um, <laughs> and even chuckle. But... Um, <laughs> We're done. Kwame, you're making us feel bad about laughing. No, bro. Don't make it, bro. Don't, I, I, don't I, I, mind I, I him, bro. I don't feel bad. Do you know, I feel sympathetic, but I do not feel bad. Because if it was me, Steve, or you, he'd be burning, I, I, I don't find that stuff funny, though, honestly. I don't. Huh? I don't find that stuff funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, about, about, about another man's pushing. Like, that's me. Like, I'll be upset. No, but... That's me. Now I feel bad. No, that's... But that's the... No, but... Now I feel bad. It's a different lens, isn't it? No, that's just it. That's just it. The whole time All I was right. like, "Raw, like, this... I'm sorry." Bro. No, no, but no, don't be sorry, innit? No, no, but, but you've made me feel bad now. No, no, I, that wasn't my aim. I'm just letting you know that I wouldn't laugh, find it that funny in my eyes. Okay, fine. I find it hilarious um, only because yeah. only because we told you and you didn't listen. <laughs> Stephen, what made you smile? Oh, um, and that is it. Yeah, in, no. its, in its proximity, that is it. In a box, time box. I had a good exchange this week. Uh, actually, I was just looking at uh, Key's uh, IG story and then um, he was playing that song, um, uh, Bad Boy Tim's Loading. And then, um, yeah, he was doing a little review to it. It just made me, I don't know, it just, it just made me smile. And I think, um, who, who was with you that was doing... My mum. Uh, that was actually trying to sing... Huh? My mum. Was that your mum yeah, that was mom. singing along? Yeah. Oh, 
she, she, she broke the down tunes. the lyrics. She, she, huh? she was playing the tunes. What legend. <laughs> but there was one part where she was trying to sing and she just did her own version oh, of like that. And and then you just react your reaction to that just like that just made me laugh like I uh, just exchanging uh, what's it Kieran because that that song was literally like the anthem of my trip to um and you you guys will know any time that you guys on the rare occasion you guys let me control the music that is always yeah, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. thing playing so like it now that that made me smile um obviously yesterday this is not in chronological order because you know I'm a mess. Um, but yesterday, uh, what day is it? Monday, yeah. Yesterday, um, we play football. Yeah, man. It's good to uh, link up. I did a small Tour de France to get to this football pitch. And then I had like a uh, jelly lake. I, I cycled from all the, deep down in East to all the way to like Slaughterdyke. Deep which is... down, deep down. But the funniest thing about that, yeah, this guy will get Uber for a 15-minute bike ride. But when it comes to a 40-minute bike ride, all of a sudden you want to turn into... Lance Armstrong. Godzilla, bro. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You would have turned into the Quadfather fan. Like, what's going on? Excellent. Hey, very good, yeah. Very good. I, 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 I don't know where... I think I... Because I ordered a delivery, so I felt bad about then ordering an Uber. So I said, like, you know what? A deal. Yeah, they all cycle. 40 minutes. Maybe time will fly by. 20 minutes in, I honestly consider just dropping the bike and getting an Uber home. I was just like, you know when you're just like, I'm just pedaling and I'm getting nowhere and I have to play football on arrival. So like, even when I arrived there, there's like a uh, the bike garage like close to the pitch. I just dashed the bike at the nearest place. I was just like, I need to get off this thing. And then I just walked the rest because I was just like, I can't handle it. And then, um, no, it's good, but it's good to play football. Uh, yeah, it even, was, man. Even Ibby, even Ibby made a rare appearance. Ibby which was is, um, yeah, yeah, exactly that reaction. Yeah, exactly that reaction. <laughs> so, so that was good. And then, um, yeah, no, we had like a couple of days off, which was just amazing to recharge. And I think it's the one time where in our group, like, this is probably like the lowest amount of messages we've had over like a four or five day period in the group. And that's how you just, you just knew that the man then just needed to recharge. And like, um, yeah, yeah, it was good because everybody was doing their own thing. I mean, um, Kwame in the divorce got sent to London and he's got to see um, Norbury and... Uh, you don't want to be here right well. now. Bro, I'm fine, bro. Nah, I can feel the energy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look where he's folded his arms. Well, <laughs> wait, so, wait, so now I hope everyone can listen. You lot, cross trainer. You lot are now projected on how I am or how I feel. That's not fair, bro. I know how I feel. I'm guessing, bro. bro I'm, I'm fine. Guessing. I'm just trying to loosen you up. And you I'm loose. I'm a goose, bro. Okay. <laughs> Lucy, goosey, <laughs> baby. Gushy, gushy. But in short, that made me smile this week. <sighs> yeah, last but not least. Um, bro, the, the week has kind of flown by, but seems long at the same time. Do you man ever get that? Where it's like, the week feels quick, but if you think back to Monday, it was like, bro, Monday was a long, yeah, long time yeah, ago. Yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe. But um, no, there was a few things, man. Like, it definitely doesn't feel like it today, but the weather on Wednesday was super nice. It was like, what, 20 degrees? Yes. Oh, Here it, in Amsterdam. Remember we did? We, oh, we did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so this week. It was mad hot. And um, after work, I think a bunch of us just linked up, like myself, Pampy, Dills, Carby, and like a bunch of other people. Yeah, in Wester Park. <laughs> Brother, it was mad. Yeah, it was like a festival. It looks like a festival. Yeah. It's like, it, remind, it had remnants of um, summer last year. For, was it Jenny's birthday? It was so yeah. nice, yeah. bro. 
Key, do you know what I said to Yaf at the time? I said, like, this was like just a perfect reminder of the vibe and the energy of the city. Mm, because, yeah, like, facts. I think we were just chatting and I was just like, Yaf, like, this is actually Amsterdam. Yeah. Like, I think we've, like, forgot yeah. what that feels like because it's been, like, a year of just, like... um Yeah, just a year, two metres apart and, um, like, curfews. But, um, but then standing in the park, I was just like, wow, this is, like... We just looked nice. around all the different types of people and I think, like, even, like, some random... Some random like um, dreadlock warrior came over hey, to hey, ask hey, for the football. Hey, 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 hey. This guy. Oh, what? <laughs> what? what? You can't what? say a man with dreadlocks. What? Or just a man. My brother. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't just be like some, I don't know, Afro beat warrior, bro. <laughs> I can't just be saying that, bro. <laughs> What's going on? <sighs> But it's just it's just the way he, like nonchalantly made his way over. It was just like amazing. I was just like, I've missed this. It's just like different, you had different groups just like interact. Obviously, like within like safety of some kind of kind. But it's just like you the way you looked around, you just see different people from different groups just mixing, getting along with each other. And like sometimes that's you just forget that because if you go on like online or social, you just see like bare people beefing in the comments and you just think that's what yeah. people are on all the time. But like when in real life, it's just it's just completely different. It's just like people linking up, play football. Oh, can I borrow this? Can I take a picture of this? Can I take it? But it was just like, it was just beautiful to see. Real talk. And then just compare that with all the online stuff that happens. And she's like, maybe these are even the same people doing it. It's just, it just hit me in that moment. It's just like, it was so poignant for a second. No, nah, it was beautiful, man. And the last one, Stephen already touched on it, but the, well, the two things are connected. So on Friday... I got a surprise call from my doctor because I didn't even know they were supposed to be working on Good Friday. But shout out to Felicia, bro. Felicia, on the <laughs> extremely rare chance all the that you were listening to this episode, bro. Hi, Felicia. Shouts out to you. <laughs> shouts out to you. But no, you man know that like from the start of the year, I've had a few like like health, not scares, but I've had to check up on my health with a few bits and pieces. Um, I had a problem with my knee and got an MRI scan and finally got the results. Well, not let me not say finally because the Dutch health system is so on point, bruv. Is it? On point. I got my MRI scan booked after like a week, did my MRI scan, got my results. And um, yeah, so I, it came back and my knee was all blessed. This was on a Friday. So I've texted all me like, bro, Sunday, I need to play football. What's going on? you basically given the all clear, Coincidentally. You've been given the all yeah. clear. Yeah. Yeah. Coincidentally, there was a game already set up. A deal was like, yeah, come through. Now, by this point, yeah, so what are we now? Uh, April, yeah? I haven't played football since July. I haven't kicked a ball since July. And for us, man, that is long, bro. That is very long. So to the point, yeah, you, man, I am not exaggerating. I have been having dreams about playing football. Like, like if, if, you, if, you ask, if you ask Abby, bro, like when we was in DR, I probably had about 10 separate dreams of me playing football. And I'd wake up, and I'd be like, I want to play football, man. So the afternoon before Sunday, so the Saturday afternoon, um, I'm lying on the sofa, I've fallen asleep. And I didn't know I'd do this yet, but she told me, and this is just a random weird fact about Yaf. Talking to sleep. Sometimes I sleep and my eyes aren't all the way closed, bro. <laughs> oh. 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 He did that as well. No, I didn't know that, but yeah, oh. it's common. But like the way you say, like, I thought it's like this. I thought it was freaky. That's cool. So so she's so she's looking at me yeah, and apparently I'm asleep but my eyes are this. <laughs> looking, left right, left right, left right, left right, left right, left right. 
So I'm doing that, and at the same time, my feet are moving, like <laughs> doing a mazzoline. So I wake up, and she's like, you was dreaming about football, wasn't you? I was like, yes, I was, I was. So the crescendo to all of these dreams of me playing football came on Sunday. We kicked ball. It was lovely. My body is aching. But what now? It was... Oh, all now, bro. All now. All now. But it was a dope. It was just dope, man, to kick ball again and like just have a different type of fitness because I know we're talking a lot about football. But when you play for the first five, ten minutes, you're blowing. Mm. You can be doing 5Ks, 10Ks. It doesn't matter what Ks, bro. But you come back to football and you run around for five, ten minutes and you're blowing. But... Um, yeah, man, that's what's made me smile. It's been a, it's been a good week. There's, there's been a lot happening, obviously, work and all that as well. But it's been dope, man. I've just looked forward to having this, this conversation because as much as in our personal lives, a lot's been happening, there's been a lot happening in the public eye as well, right? So we said we was going to talk about a few bits and pieces. Um, where do we want to start, actually? Probably in the... Go to the go to the UK and what's been happening in the UK. If uh, our UK correspondents want to touch on the events of the last week or so, um, yeah, over to you guys. What's been happening uh, in report, your jurisdiction? A report came out. Um, what's the name of it? Sewell? The Sewell report. So it was a team. Tony Sewell. Yeah, Tony Sewell. Yeah. So it was um, a panel, I would say. A panel that was put together. Commissioners. Yeah. Finna commissioners from um, uh, the diversity or dispar- diversity or disparity commissioners. I yeah, think. yeah, I'm not sure what that was. Like a panel of twelve individuals, a lot of them were actually BIPOC. Mm. Um, it was a few, yeah, and they basically released a two hundred ninety-five page document saying that the UK was free of racism, institutional racism, and that the UK should be um, advertised as an example to other white leading, sorry, not white leading, white majority Mm. um, European nations. Mm. And um, now there's been a lot of outrage uh, how ignorant the UK could be to publicise that. And not only that also, um, but they were um, also posting like reports about how how, 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 uh, the makeups and the behaviours of different um, races and, and communities that's correct, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a lot of like, rather than reporting, there seems to be a lot of like, like finger pointing. Yeah. I think like black Jamaicans mm-hmm. were received some of this. Yeah. And yeah, something like that, right? Like so, um, some of some of the report that where where I read was basically saying how um, because the 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 UK can't be institutionally racist because there are for when they say education is because like kids from. Um, uh, ethnic minority backgrounds like Asian kids and um, kids from, yeah, even African kids and kids from the Caribbean uh, perform proportionately better than white kids in um, secondary school. Um, but what 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 they fail to kind of look at is like the actual the context. The actual context of what's happening in terms of. Like if even if you look at universities, how many kids in that is disproportionately given to, or jobs are disproportionately given to kids from white backgrounds versus kids from African or like Caribbean or Asian Asian families, sort of thing. But it's just an interesting. It for me, it was an interesting um, report because we we know what the UK is about and and to see that this is um 
this is something that's been commissioned underneath um, Boris and his conservative government by a man who is a conservative as well, who has history of um, saying that the UK isn't institutionally racist. There's mm-hmm. an agenda attached to the work that they've been putting of course. already. And I just, I just found it like quite, yeah, just seeped in politics and something that puts the conversation, takes the conversation in a, in a, neg- in a step back to, the, to, to where it was heading from before and creates a divide between people where now white people can look at it or people that were unsure about what was happening within the system or within um, the UK government, they can now look at it and say, oh, well, you know, this official report from the government says that this country isn't racist. So you have no leg to stand on. Like, how can you say that this is racist when, and at the same time, this report comes out, there's a school in Pimlico where the kids Mm. are having a whole um, protest against not being able to wear a hijab in school or not being able to um, have their hair in afros. And they ended up they, they ended up getting that um, decision overturned. Which one? Um, both, both of them. Okay, cool. Which is a but it's a small it's a small thing mm. in a wider in a it's a small uh, problem in a wider. It's twenty twenty one though, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. And I think it, like this civil report has um, done a, a great job in uh, igniting that fire of um, classism and division within the country again, which makes us feel like. Um, yeah, like, what What else do you need to do to prove this bullshit? And you know what made me really upset? The fact that this man, Tony Sewell, is a black man at, at that as well. And he's there on big, big TV saying, oh, yeah, this country isn't isn't racist and it needs to be held up as a prime example. He's like, being used. He's such like, a fool, man. He's being like, used. But you know what? Yes, racism has got better. Like, don't let's not lie. Things have got better in terms of the positions that you might find black people in from when my parents and the Windrush uh, generation came through today to England. However, the sentiment hasn't changed within mm. the country. Mm. It's still fucking racist as it's ever been. And if you're telling me that it isn't institutionally, institutionally racist, you must have lost your fucking mind, really and truly. But that's just how I feel about it, you know? That, in fact, that's my opinion. But... I think um, when it came out, I just needed... To, I, I, my instant feeling was just I needed to take a break from it because I think... It's just coming off the whole year that we had last year. Uh, everything, all the movements that have been trying to happen. And it also like the, the same week as the um, George Floyd um, uh, trial as well. And for them to come out with this right now and like even the whole logic of how, how do you even want to test for institutional like yeah. racism like well, like you know you're going to ask the people that are being behind the system if they it's like asking someone who's bad at math to mark their own work what do you think <laughs> the result is going to be man's man's passing flying colors that's fucking funny so, that's fucking funny so the, like, the whole thing is just like um, and racism in the, how I describe racism in the UK versus like America is that America is like someone maybe going taking a gun to, in front of you in broad daylight and shooting you in the face, whereas in the UK it's kind of like someone at night a sniper from a rooftop like you won't, a silencer yeah he's silencer exactly like that it's the result both of them are dead 
but the way they've gone about it is is different. It's way more subtle in the UK. But like, so for you to say like it doesn't exist just kind of exacerbates um, the effort. So that's why I was immediately like, I just need to take a break from this. And then I now I feel like recharged and I'm like even more double down in terms of like, we need to go harder because they did not learn the lessons from what happened with George Floyd. Like everybody used that as a moment. You know, people read their books, but then went back to what they know. Um, and not much has some things have changed but as more things change more things stay the same and um, what happened in the Pimlico school as well was just an example of that I think that just got brushed under the carpet like I think those people allowed to keep their jobs and allowed to continue on do you know how mad that is that that headmaster was just rolling to class he's in in football he's lost the dressing room in it like when when all the pupils are outside and like protesting like and um RIP to Claude, well I'll use this line, it's time to go in it. It's time to go for the headmaster when that when that thing happens. But man will be allowed to be in there and then there's a report saying, No, there's no institutionalized racism. Like then then what is that? Yeah, facts. So that that's why it's just it's one of those reports where they will use it to defend themselves in the future but like anybody that's lived in the UK you know the reality and like the marathon continues as a person with a very deep voice I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell B2B and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either that's why if you're a B2B marketer you should use LinkedIn ads LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience that's right over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, my thing is, yeah, you man know how I think. So I came out, that report came out and I smiled. I smiled because the UK have shown their cards. They have shown their cards. First of all, do you not think it would make sense, yeah, that a country suffers from a problem of institutional racism in order to first do some sort of report to to even like establish whether there is institutional... There has to be a basis for that report. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So first of all, you're already kind of operating on the back foot. My big problem is with man like Tony, bruv. Like, I think that the issue for me, yeah, like, if we look at, if we take a step back and look at it politically, 
the Conservative Party have used this black man as a puppet to be the, 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 you know, the face of this report. Because if it comes from a black man, it softens the blow. They seem right? authentic. I think, that's, like it anyway. I think that's their intention. But you simply cannot, cannot, cannot commission a report. If, if your own personal view, Mr. Tony Seale, is that institutional racism doesn't exist. So if the person who's overseeing this report believes that it doesn't exist, of course there's going to be some sort of whitewashing of what this report comes out with. Like, it only makes sense. But my the thing that made me so happy is that it's so abundantly clear that this report is bullshit that actually those who can see through it are like, these lot are just taking the piss now, innit? Like, they're taking the piss. And I, I really, really hope... The younger generation especially, like those people who last year marched black, white, whatever colour, whatever gender, they marched together. Like that, that young generation marched together, hoping to create change in it. And this report really just shows that the government have this archaic point of view of what the country is and what they want it to be. But I think the young generation really have a strong point of view, a strong community and a strong togetherness to, to want to make change. And I think what this report has done is it's like, it's, it's almost like tried to halt progress. It's tried to stop all of those people who came together from different races and genders. And it's, it's just like a, it's just a politically motivated bullshit report in my eyes. Absolutely. And then as you were talking, you just triggered something. I had a conversation with Kwame, like um, when he was going through what he was going through in London, he was talking about, um, was it the ticket inspector or someone? Uh, was it a black guy? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, giving giving you grief, and we were just talking about how like um, certain black people when they get in the position um, of a, of authority or something, they feel like they need to double down on their own race for some instance. And I don't know Tony Sewell, but um, I I can already guess he's probably one of a few people of his color to be in that particular position. And it'd be interesting to know, you know, when he get into that position. Obviously, it's politics in it, so some of that comes with certain give and take. So I, it just got me linking the two the same way that Kwame had that incident with the, the guy, the ticket inspector that had a little bit of power but was really coming after like Kwame. I'm not saying they should give Kwame any special um, favours or anything like that but like, there's a way of talking to someone fairly, that you can, yeah, yeah, you that, can that was it. relate that to. Was it. He was just very disrespectful. Yeah. He was like, your, your code is incorrect. This is not true. Um, he, then, then he said, phone the company. So I phoned the company. The woman was like, I can talk to the man to explain the code is correct. He's like, I can't phone them. I'm busy. And, like, and then, so he's wasting my time. Very, very dismissive. Then he had someone check the code. The person checked the code. It was okay. There was never an apology. And I just, I, I, I just, I just, I just, I just wonder if I was a different race, would he have felt the same? You understand? It was almost like I'm one of him, so he probably knows I'm trying to cheat the system. It's like, no, you don't know me though. And yeah, it's, it's it's that dismissiveness that like Tony's kind of putting here. Like he he knows he knows, but like, he might not though. Been... He actually might be so. I don't want to say ignorant, but he might be so like he might have forgotten. He might, be so he might have forgotten. He might be so like he might be so like bereft of normal day life, normal everyday life for most people that he doesn't know. It's possible. I don't think so. Yeah, but no, it's possible. It's possible, but maybe he definitely would have gone through it, but maybe he's forgotten to your point. Like, he got to where he got to and life's been 
lovely ever since. And obviously his kids, I, if he has kids, probably won't have to go through the same things that he's gone through. But um, but yeah, that was just a marker of, um, I think, just kind of exactly the UK exposing what they are. And yeah. then I had a conversation with my brother and other people about like just working in the UK. We talk, speak regularly and I just remember, I just forgotten just how bad stuff in the UK was, especially in the workplace. And like being over here in like, Amsterdam in the companies we work for, it's 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 very different and you almost forget they're very that. progressive companies we forget yeah i think yeah. we take that for granted yeah we work yeah. in a progressive industry as well yeah and like my brother doesn't and he's like i think he's the one or two in the whole company and like um so just hearing some of his story took me back for when i was doing like my corporate gigs in the in the in the uk when i was working in wembley and like just some of the stuff that you know i was facing i was like rah like the way I'm talking now within my company, I don't think I would dare to do that you in couldn't. the UK because, like, you, you just get you just get snuffed out, um, like figuratively speaking. Like, ain't got a target on my back. Maybe no, I, I think um, I think the report does two things. Like, number one, it shows people in the know and who can see through these things, like how actually UK is very institutionally racist. I think the second thing is it also motivates a lot of people to kind of want to create more change. Like, I know when I read it, I was just like, what can, what what have I got the power to do to, because if the government don't want to acknowledge or step in, what can I do? Like, what can we do as out of home? What can I um, try and talk to my company to do? Because what I feel now is that, I think I saw it a lot during the Trump administration that the government don't give a shit about a lot of people. And so within that, it creates a space for brands or community partners, whatever, to, to step in. And I feel like there's opportunities for better role models. Do you remember before, back in the day, when the government was the only leading authority? You know, they would commission youth centres, youth clubs. You know, the, all of the all of the like infrastructure of how you grow up as a kid is dependent on the government. But I think now, yeah, like when you look at, for example, athletes, the fact that they're coming from a lot of these places and they're making money and they're wanting to invest back, brands are doing the same thing. I feel like. Now there's actually opportunity for those in the know and those who want to contribute and give back. Not even give back because that's the, the wrong word, but contribute to creating a more sustainable community. Um, I think it creates opportunity for that as well. And it motivates the people who have the power to do that even more so because we, we've realised the government aren't going to acknowledge or do much about it. So I think it creates that opportunity and I'm personally excited to see what we can do and how we can elevate that because... That report came out and I spoke to a few people at work and friends and I was just like, I'm happy that this has come out because, again, it just shows everybody, everybody, if you read between the lines, that it's the opposite, the UK are... And you know what the worst thing was, bro? They had the cheek in the report to say that the UK is a model country to those countries around the world. That's, that's all you need to hear from them, isn't it? Because if you can see what's going on in around the world and you want everyone to be... Like the UK, the standard is set. The bar is very low, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a very low. It's a very low bar if you want to be like the UK. It's like you know, get a little bit more insidious with your racism. Don't be so over. Like, this is this is this is what you want it to be like. Go fuck yourself, man. Like, real talk. But on on the flip side, I mean, we also have to like just be so energized by what those kids did as well. Exactly. Um, in, 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 in the face of that, having the authority, um, I think it was uh, the headmasters banning certain hairstyles um, of ethnic minorities from, from clubs. I, 
I just need to ask you. I never understood this thing about hairstyles no, and why it would be like. Does anyone have like the content? Because even back in my day, it was like it was there a little bit, but not so much. But like, I just never understood it. My secondary school um, was even my my primary school actually. But like, I think my primary school said it because they wanted us to kind of just have smarter haircuts than like having your hair out as like in an afro. But if your afro was well kept, it would have been it would have been fine and fine and. They didn't really like um, the boys to have camo at primary school because they knew by the time you'd get to secondary school, they wasn't going to allow it anyway. And I went to an all-black like primary school in it. Whereas in my secondary school, a lot of it were the tones of, like, we don't want you to have camo because of the criminality that's attached to the no hairstyle. way. Or, like, the... Honestly, bruv. Honestly, and like in defiance, all of us just grew our hair, innit? Like that was our little like wow. rebellion sort of thing. I remember wow. one of the boys, one of the head, like the head boy at the time, he had like his last, um, he like addressed the assembly at the last, um, his last assembly. And he started, um, he started his, com- he started his speech like really basic and like they, pre- they, they prep you in what you need to say. And then halfway through, it's like, this school's racist. Like, in front of everybody. It's like, you guys won't let us wear our hair the way we want us to wear it. I I remember being in, like, yeah, probably the year, year, like, second year or third year, and just looking at this this guy, Ramel. No, sorry, it wasn't even, it was Kamal. Kamal was just like, um, yeah, he was head boy. And he was just literally like, yeah, this, this, this school's racist. How can you guys tell me I can't wear my hair the way I want to wear it. And he started, mm. like, quoting bare stuff from, like, history and just being like, you guys say you want equality, you say you want this, you say you want that, but you won't let the black boys in your school just come as they are, do you know what I mean? And try and say that we are closer to criminals with a hairstyle when really and truly we're leading the schools, like, uh, a- a- academics, we're leading the schools, like, sports and, and all of these things that we're, we're, we're contributing to the school and you're going to boil it down to a haircut. To, to a, That's why I grew, I grew my hair and dye my hair now. I don't care, bro. Mm, mm, it's mm. a defiance thing, you get me? Like, obviously I wanted it that way, but also, like, it doesn't define who I am. Like, no. I, my brain is what defines me. My actions are what define me, not my haircut and my hairstyle. Like, I, I, I think it's all stupid, to be honest with you. Like, it's always been that, a weird thing for me to uh, kind of understand and to grasp because it's a haircut. You know what I mean? It don't, it, it doesn't, it, it don't, it might say something about you, but it doesn't tell me who you are. Yeah. Do you know what mm. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's why, like, just those kids as well, like just the yeah, strength. Big them, big them up, man. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, the strength they had, uh, the conviction they had to just kind of like go out there and protest and say, look, like, and the unity as well, because it just wasn't um, black kids or minority kids that were doing it. It was like the whole, exactly, the whole school was one just saying, look, we don't support this and just realizing that, you know, without, without students, this school doesn't really exist so like they just use their power right when I'm, I was so encouraged if that's the next generation that's coming up and that's kind of like um what they what they feel to be doing and they've got the courage to do that then that just gave me uh real encouragement so it's kind of like we had the report and then I saw this and I was just like ah, this is this is excellent so I don't know how you guys saw it yeah no of course man and like 
it's hard to um it's hard to like expand more on what we've already said in it about the report. But I I, I really just think that again, UK shows its its cards. Literally, was it a day after these kids in the in the playground do this thing? And for me, that's what the UK is. It's like the old guard and the people who want to maintain an infrastructure. Then you have this new generation who were just like, nah, fuck that, innit? Like, if you had teachers or whoever makes rules are saying we got we're gonna we're gonna rebel and we're gonna protest. And I think what we're seeing is a real power struggle between the old like views of what the UK is and should be versus this new generation who were just like, nah, fuck that. And I was there in London when everything was happening with the protests. Mm. And bro, like, I was just so amazed to see everyone together in, in unison in it. And I think that's the future of what, that's what the UK represents. Because bro, like, I love, I love the UK. I love London. I love, I'm so happy that I grew up there. And Kwame, you mentioned what it's like being back. Like, London teaches you so much about life, about different people, about different cultures. And it teaches you to be open-minded. Like, we can honestly go anywhere in the world and have a conversation with someone. We could go to Toronto and meet someone who is of Eritrean descent and chop it up about Eritrean food because we've got Eritrean brethren who lives down the road from us. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, that's what London is to me. That's Mm. what the UK represents. And I think the fact that we have reports like this that try to bring the UK back to this old way of thinking is disappointing because it kind of slaps the face faces of those who are trying to create a modern Britain. Mm-hmm. And I think the, 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 the young generation are in that space where they want to move on and move forward, but it's literally the government trying to hold on to this power, this narrative, and almost kind of like claim to this generation that, no, actually, you know, you're going to be fine, blah, blah, blah. We're not institutionally racist. It just felt like a branding exercise to me. So I think the, the, the opportunity that comes out of this or the, the positive thing is that that's been made very clear. The young generation literally had an example the day after coming out of this and sort of showing what they believe in. And I think we'll, we'll see more of that. There's, there's, there's also some more stuff that like, like just puts that report into disrepute. Do you know what I mean? Like how um, black women are four times likely to die in surgery or, or childbirth yeah. than white women. Um like the COVID cases and the deaths between like people from lower income families or even from like the black community, like there's stuff there's a, there's a lot of stuff that put that thing into distribute where you can't just tell me that the UK isn't institutionally racist when this like this has I think it's the um, there's echoes of the same shit that they were doing when Stephen Lawrence died, bro. Like yeah. I think I read how the the McPherson. Um, uh, uh, report at the time was um, something that you know tried to try to try to put right the things of like stop and search and all of these things. But whereas you're still seeing the the outcome or even the the the, the energy from that report still coming out through now, like a, a black a black youth is a black youth walking down a road in London is going to be target, targeted by the police in specific areas. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't tell me as someone that's lived the experience of being growing up in London that this place isn't institutionally racist because that's just so far detached from our reality. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
every day we wake up and we go through these specific spaces that we go through and we know it, we can sense it, we can feel it. So like this, for me, this report's just a piece of bullshit. And as you said, yeah, you have like a market employer to kind of wipe over the edge of or wipe over the surface of what's actually going underneath the deep crevices of this this community and this city. So bro, like, if you read, like, I, I really want to go and read the, the whole document properly. Um because I feel like it's in, not important to do it, but just to see what else is in there, because I've kind of read yeah. just, like, news clippings and here and there and whatever. But, like, from what I've been reading and what I've been hearing, it's just like, yo, you, like, how 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 are we still getting away with trying to spin the, the narrative? So blatantly, yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> so blatantly. It's crazy, bro. I've got a question, though, because... um. We're talking about this thing, right? Which is institutional racism. And that doesn't just happen in the UK. We're talking about the UK because this report's come out, happens all over the world. Like, what do you think people... It's hard because you have to be in a position of power to change it. But what do you think, you know, like your everyday person, quote unquote, can do, should do to try and fight against stuff like this? Not just believe in everything that you hear in the news. In the news, like sometimes go out and do your own research. Talk to people. Do you know what I mean? Have a conversation with the people that are are in your communities. And I, 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 we always say that conversation is something that brings so much like clarity and power towards people. But it's so true, bro. Like as your to your point, yeah, yeah. Like we can go, we can go from London to Toronto. Speak to a man from Eritrea and chop it up. Yeah. Without having that conversation, we might, without even ha- having the, the experience that we had, we might go there and be like, oh, I've heard about Eritrea. Like, that's a bit, it's a bit mad there, isn't it? But by having a conversation, you're just like, oh, actually, it's yeah. not what I thought. You will learn, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, the way you combat these things is by having an open mind and by being able to have, and by having conversations with people. Like, you then start to break down the truth that everybody is exactly the fucking same. Like everybody Facts. goes through the same shit. Everyone suffers. Everyone like everyone cries. Everyone bleeds. Everyone is happy. We might be. It might be. There might be differentiation between those things. But at essence and at core, we're all the fucking same. So I feel like having conversations, staying Big open, facts. and being able to just like appreciate that we're different. Like there's a there needs to be appreciation that we're different because. Yeah. Man, man from up north ain't gonna be the same. They're not gonna be eating bun and cheese on the Easter Sunday, no, on the Easter won't. Friday. No, they. Do you won't. know what I mean? But if a man could be like, "Oh, what's that?" Yeah, I'm like, "Oh, do you know what? Like on an Easter Friday or Easter on an Easter weekend, we have this malt bun with currants and cinnamon. This tastes beautiful, and the scientific magic of putting cheese on it." Does it make sense? But it's it's great. That's what we do in Jamaica. Yeah. You learn something, bro. Yeah. Kieran, Kieran, I beg you, send. Like a couple back with Kwame, bro. Please. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will. I will. Please. I will. Kwams, I beg you, fam. You're going to be doing up the mule things, bro. That's mm. weird. I just said that. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Mule. No but, um, no, but that's a good point, Kieran, that you said about conversations. But what, 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 what happens if you're not from a multicultural community? If you're from an all-black area or an all-white area, like how do you then have conversations with people of who are different to you? Mm. Like, is like... Did you reach out like for social media? If you like, like understand, like it's not ev- everywhere isn't Toronto or London. Everywhere isn't no, a, no, no. A, a true a, a melting pot of culture. Like some parts are, are, are very like 
are very like mono, not not monotone, but the the one and the same. Mm. Mm. Um, Do you know what's interesting? I think um, because you fight like you, I speak to people, yeah, like my mum or my girl's mum, and they're like from really, you know, like places that are extremely white, but they had that. I feel like there's some people that are just born curious and they just want to know more than what's in their environment. Um, I even had a conversation with someone from work who's from like a small town in the Netherlands, but always just had that wanting to travel. And I feel like there's naturally curious people out there. I really do believe that. And I think... Yeah. You have those... Yes, you have those people who stick to what they know. Um, they're, they're not open-minded. And I think that's a shame because if you're not open-minded, you're never going to learn about other people, other cultures, other races, etc. That's And that's... I don't want to say that's fine, but... I don't want to say that's fine, but those people are going to be hard to cut through, innit? But on the other hand, I feel like there are some people, there are like my mum who, you know, despite coming from a certain background, chose to have children and get married to a black man from Trinidad. You know, like there are those people who want to explore and understand these different things in life. And I think it's literally just about what Kieran said, having these conversations. And if you can't have a conversation, bruv, we live in... 2021 bro Research. you can go on Instagram <laughs> you can go on the, the internet and, and find out these things innit but but out, outside of um, I think building on being curious as well for those that don't want to have a conversation I think also a large part of it is just taking the time to look at your surroundings and ask certain questions like okay cool why is there no representation here why do we have certain policies why when we go to recruit people do we re- insist on recruiting from these top universities? Because that's what we mean by institutionalized. The rules which have become the norm have been set up in a way to kind of um, make people, certain people not get to those places. So I think um, I love that. also just like just looking around because it's very easy when you're born into a system, it's very easy to just think, oh, that's just the way it is. I yeah, yeah, you don't exactly. Even know. That's, yeah. That, as yeah, you yeah, said, yeah. it's like it's just normal, right? Because it's, it's what you, you what you're so used to. That's such a good point, Stephen. A lot of times, those people, to what you have said, they, they have no idea that they're close-minded. Oh. They're just yeah. themselves. Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah. this is life, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. They have no. Well, I think some of them are very ignorant and choose to not ignorant. They choose to be uh, uh, quite uh, what's the word rebellious in that mm. nature. Mm. But some people have but no idea. I love what um, Stephen said about questioning things. Really random, but I was watching, there's this uh, South African comedian. He's got a Netflix special. Um, I can't remember his name. No, no, no. But check it out. It's really interesting because he's funny as fuck, but he's dropping some gems, bro. So he's, he talks about um, the history of crab. And and that crab was actually... Crab meat. And it's hella... (laughs) No, sorry, lobster. He's talking about lobster. And lobster is now positioned as this like bougie meal, hella expensive. But actually, that was the cheapest meat you could get back in the day. And that's what they used to feed the slaves. But now it's been completely turned around Mm. and and repositioned. It's in the the Caribbean, bro. Do you know how how expensive oxtail is? Yeah. Oxtail was literally the only thing that black people could get after they chopped up the ox and gave it out to all of the people that could eat and then obviously we find our thing we do what we do with it and now ox style costs you an arm and a leg yeah exactly and it's so interesting and I think he even had an example about wine as well and wine glasses and he said that the reason that um, wine glasses are how they are now is that this Venetian guy um, designed something that when people drink wine they would respect what's in the 
in the glass or in the cup. Mm. So there's this thing that you hold delicately and it makes you actually respect the fact that you're drinking this like premium thing. Yeah. So it was, it's all basically like when you, when you deep all of these, um, when you deep the context and the stories behind mm. things and to Stephen's point, you question yeah. things, you start to understand it and then you can make your own opinion on do I agree with this? Do I not? Like, mm. and what's my take on things? So I think in combination of everything we said, I think that's a really good complimentary thing to do like just question things and try to find the answers as well yeah because i think just speaking to you man there's as we talk there's things that i'm like aura yeah i really was a part of that like back then i did, i thought it was and there's things that we realize now they were like oh that shouldn't have been that way but like obviously we've got the insight now and i think that's why i really rate those kids because like um you know they could have, they could have, and, and our generation at the time also had something similar. And we were like, well, yes, okay, cool. That's, that's normal, I guess. It's, it's school, I guess. Shouldn't have a, shouldn't have something shaved into the back of my head, I guess. That makes sense. But yeah. like, um, all, all of a sudden, I'd be like, mm, why are you really, why are you really doing that? Mm. And it's mm. like, those times, I, I love, I love that shift in the mentality because I think that really, um, means people can't get away. They'll still get away with shit, but they can't get away with half as much shit oh, as they're nice. getting away with. Not at all. Yeah, man. We're living in a new time and I think these these power structures are slowly falling down. And although it might feel like this week was a step backwards, I actually think it was a step forwards because it again just shows the disconnect between these traditional archaic points of view versus the new generation. So excited to see how it develops and excited to see how society responds, man. Um, but yeah, let's see what Wagwan. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing it. I don't know if I'm as optimistic, but I am. Like, I am optimistic, but I don't know if I am. Like, how quickly that comes around? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, because, not overnight for sure. Because it's it, as you can see, they still ha- they still hold these keys, man. They still hold the power, they still have the ability to put out 229 pages of document saying how there's words and language around that people can just flip and finagle so that it feels a way that, you know, this place isn't what it actually is. So as to everyone's point that we made today, I think it's about being vigilant and asking questions and just like, yeah, just, yeah, just try trying your best to make it better. I think on a smaller scale and then maybe seeing how that, Makes it way makes its way back up to the top somehow. See, and then um, just before we um, wrap up, no, I had a random one that actually you got like um, a bit lighthearted. Space Jam Two. Um, oh, we talking about this? Yeah, I saw the trailer. I was looking looking forward to it, and I was surprised that Yaf was like, "No, it looks dead." So like, we completely switched places from where we were coming to America. And I just wanted to get. Have you guys seen the trailer? What, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't what I thought. I didn't it say it looks dead, by the way. Oh, no. I didn't say it looks okay. dead. What did you say? Do you know what? No, 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 you I, I, I just think. Um, yeah, I saw I it. I just think. Go on. No, no, go, go, Kwan. Yeah, go I saw Kwan's. it. No, I just saw it. <laughs> that was it. Like there was, <laughs> I saw it. There was, there was audio video. I watched it for two minutes, and I was like, okay, let me continue. Like there wasn't a lot. Like I was saying to my sister, like, don't you think like maybe like when um, LeBron is transported, like. LeBron transporting, but maybe Bugs Bunny could have said, Bugs Bunny could have said, uh, like rather than saying "What's up, Doc," he could have said like "What's what, like like, uh, like like maybe saying maybe saying like "What's up, Bran?" But Natalie mm. was like, "No, this is the most iconic Warner Brothers." I mean Warner Brothers. 
Looney Tunes, most of my iconic Looney Tunes greeting. He had to say that. I was like, yeah, true. But other than that, I just saw a bunch of like CGI and just, mm. yeah, I mean, it, it, it didn't move me. I didn't, I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, I'm a LeBron fan, but I still think it's funny that he's made a Space Jam 2 movie. Like, big man. He's cementing his legacy, but it's isn't it? not but Space Jam 2, is it? Isn't it called A New Legacy or something? I know it's like Space Jam. It is the second Space Jam. But is it Space Jam 2? No, I don't don't think it is because I was hoping the Monstars were going to come to Earth and steal some motherfucking powers. That's what I was hoping. What what, what did you think of the trailer? Uh, The trailer. Um, No, do you know what? I, I was quite taken aback by like having Bron in, like, cartoon, like, it was like, oh, shit, okay, it's going to be a cartoon or whatever. I was like, is it, is it going to be like that the whole way through? Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't too sure. Um, but it felt kind of Ready Player One-ish. I don't know if you guys have seen that film. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, um, some kids that kind of live their lives in a multiverse. And um, just felt, like, felt quite, like, up to date with what is going on and how films of that caliber are being made and stuff. But I guess as we are, as we said from before, with the um, with um, coming to America, like maybe it's just not f- like for us. I'm I'm looking forward to it, obviously. Would like, you watch it? of course I watch it. Space Jam, would bro. Pay to watch it. Would I pay to watch? Yeah, I'll pay to watch yeah, it. Like, well. do you know what I'm worried about? Though, mm-hmm. I'm worried about the fact that you already have this narrative like on the court of LeBron versus Michael yes. Jordan. So there's Talk to people them. might try to bring that. Narrative to of the course, film as and, well, and and and, and Bron happily wants that because he wants yeah, the, he, like he, he wants the eclipse and yeah, to be known as yeah, bigger. Like he, uh, whether he says it or not, yeah, he wants to write man out of history, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. he wants to be mm. the greatest baller that ever was. He doesn't want no one to ever come and talk to him about no Michael Jordan. And for him to, in actual fact, like he said, like I know he respects my MJ. Yeah, I know he does, power. but. For, and maybe him doing a, a Space Jam movie or something that he's like, oh yeah, paying homage. But really and truly, he's out there to get buckets, fam. He wants it to be better than his original, 100%. But that, I think, I think that, I, even if it is, I don't, I don't think people will accept that. I know. I know, it's MJ. But yeah. I love that it's coming from his production house, though. Oh, really? Spring I, I was Hill just thinking about it earlier. Really? Nice. I was like, I wonder yeah, if he was coming able, from to, able to work his way on in that. So that means that they'll be... Re- that was great. Yeah. That's great. And what is also interesting, because Kieran and I spoke briefly about it yesterday, is that the film comes out in July and they're already rolling out the trailer. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see what the mm, activations in between yeah, are. Trust me. I, I reckon they've got it a lot linked with, um, obviously, how well the Lakers do and some like key moments. There's going to be some dope stuff around it, man. Yeah, key moments and key milestones because they've been teasing this for the longest. I remember like last year seeing like um, um, some of the jerseys yeah. go on, go online, some little clips, and then now we've got the... Tra- they've been teasing yeah, this for the longest, so... So I think they're timing it with um, hoping that the Lakers get like a playoff run and then timing it. Because when, when are the playoffs this year? Is it July as well? I think May, bro. Really? Huh? I could be wrong. Is it May? Okay. I could be wrong. But I mean, we're in April now. I was still yeah. playing a lot of basketball. So. Mad, 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 mad. Mm, okay. But no, no, no. I'm, I'm curious to see... Uh, what the reaction is, and, he, and his son's in it, in it, yeah, uh, yeah. So, and also, LeBron, you have to remember, LeBron's got a lot of uh, commercial partners as well, got a yeah. lot of sponsorships, and I'm sure he's going to bring all of them along on the ride as well. Of course, of so, course, yeah. yeah, man. I'm excited to see how it how it comes out, and I'll definitely pay for it, bro. Like, we we're all gonna buy, yeah, of it. We're course, all gonna of course, of course, tune into that shit, of innit? course, man, of course, of course. I really want to watch that, man. 
Um, before we went, before we go, I just wanted to um, shout out to Nip one time, man. Mm. Uh, real talk, it was his uh, second. This is like an anniversary mm. of his death. Um, was it the 30, 31st Nip the Hustle? I think for me, for me, um, and I guess for Kwame as well, like he um, was a, a individual who, like, was a catalyst for this happening for me anyway. You know what I mean? So. Mm. Um, Big shout out to him, man. That's I was listening to Crenshaw on the way here. Yeah. Mad, bro. Mad. Yeah. So, yeah. It's my favourite album, just man. just wanted to say, say that. Yeah, no, big, big, big facts, man. Nipsey is... Even if you're not a rap fan, like, just do some do some digging on Nipsey Hustle because that guy, honestly, is just so inspirational, man. And like like Kieran said, it's, he's a big reason behind why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, shouts out to him, man. A shout out to you, man. You've been listening to the Out of Fun podcast with your boys, Kieran, Kwame, Yaf, and Stephen over there in Amsterdam. Us men over here in London. Operations in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Hey. hey. You lot. You London boys are crazy. Hey, come on. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.